and welcome to the Let's Talk Podcast. It's an honor to have you with us today. My name is Chris Root. As we pull up scripture and have an amazing conversation together, I hope that this podcast will encourage and impact you in your life in a mighty way. So what you say, head on over. Let's talk. Here we go. Hello, everybody. How y'all doing today? Welcome to the Let's Talk podcast. Wow. Hopefully you guys' day has been amazing. Thank you so much for joining me today here on the Let's Talk podcast. For those of you that aren't aware, what we do here is we have short conversations, something that God put in my heart. We bring up scripture, um, just like a short little study together, whatever God may put in my heart for this week. Um, for those of you that aren't also aren't aware, hey, feel free to check us out. We're available on other um, platforms such as YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts. I encourage you guys to share it. Let the world know that we're here. Please feel free to subscribe, click the little bell, follow, whatever you would like to do. Thank you guys so much for your love and your support here at the Let's Talk Podcast. We are greatly, greatly appreciative of you, and we love just to be able to just for you to be able to give us some of your time, part of your life. I mean, as I always say, you know, reaching the world one podcast at a time. So thank you guys so much. We're going to go ahead and jump right into it. As you, as you seen from the title, we're going to talk about sowing seed, sowing seed. So here we go. Anne Sullivan became Helen Keller's tutor on March 3rd, 1887. It was a challenging task to help Helen understand words since she was not only deaf, but blind as well. See, Anne Sullivan knew what it was like to be visually impaired. She had undergone many botched operations at a young age before her sight was partially restored. Anne was 14 years older than Helen. She watched as Helen wrecked havoc on the household with undisciplined outbursts and temper tantrums. See, Anne felt her ability to reach Helen was solely dependent upon discipline and love. Anne got permission to move Helen to a nearby cottage to work with her alone. See, Anne began teaching Helen by manually signing into the child's hand. Helen learned quickly. She formed the letters correctly and in the correct order, but she could not comprehend the words that she was spelling. See, one day Anne was trying to teach Helen the difference between the nouns mug and milk. Helen confused them with the verb drink. See, Anne took Helen outside to the water pump and let the water pour over her over Helen's hand. With the other hand, Anne spelled water. Suddenly, the signals made sense. See, Helen knew that water meant the wonderful, cool substance flowing over her hand. She dropped to the ground and patted the earth, demanding its letter name. By that evening, Helen had learned 30 words. See, Anne Sullivan had been called the miracle worker because of the success that she had with Helen Keller. See, the key was that Anne found a way to connect what she was teaching Helen with something to which Helen could relate to. See, cool water on her skin made such an impression that when Anne spelled it, in her hand, the light bulb turned on. See, many have asked why Jesus taught in parables. See, as the greatest teacher who ever lived, Jesus knew the best way to get his message across was to make a connection to which people would be able to relate. Using common acts of examples as illustrations for truth was the key to helping those whose hearts were open to understand. It was also a key to protect the truth from, the be- from being abused by those who are not listening with open hearts. See, Jesus knew that those who came to him to listen, to him teach, would understand the daily actions of others around them. You see, they would be quite familiar with the lifestyle of a sower or farmer. Fields of food, grain, and other fruit-bearing plants surrounded 
their villages and towns. You see, their livelihood depended on the harvest of food and grain for their personal survival. Jesus began his lesson introducing the sower of the crop. You see, the sower is not expected to do anything other than generously throw the seeds on the ground that had been prepared for planting. You see, the sower was not responsible for the rain that would, na- that would nurture the crop or the sun that would provide nutrients required for growth. You see, the sower's responsibility was to sow the seed and watch the miracle of the growth. You see, Jesus compared the sower to those who share the gospel. We can see that in Mark chapter 4, verse 14. It says, the sower soweth the word. You see, as we share the word of God with others, we are sowing the seed of truth into their hearts. We must sow generously to reap the most abundant harvest. It is, it is our responsibility to spread the gospel to every living soul. See, Jesus commissioned his disciples to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That was in Mark chapter 16, verse 15. See, we are compelled to sow the seed. If the commission seemed urgent when Jesus commanded it, then it is even more urgent now. Romans 10, 14 asks the question, How shall they hear without a preacher? See, a preacher is someone who proclaimed the gospel from that perspective. We could say every believer is a preacher in that sense. See, other relationships, right? How can they hear about him unless someone tells them? Whether we call ourselves a preacher or not, we are all commissioned to share the gospel. You see, the farmer generously sows seed and then waits for the harvest. If some of the seeds fall on unprofitable ground, he does not lose heart and give up. But yet he keeps sowing because he knows his work will eventually produce a successful harvest. See, we must also be generous in proclaiming the word of God to others. Even though the word is not always received by the hearers, we are not discouraged. But yet we we faithfully continue to sow year after year because we are confident in the principle of the seed. Whatever we sow, we will surely reap. We're going to go ahead and go to Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 through 9. Verse 7 says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Verse 8, For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. See, the same passage encourages us to be patient. Even when we get tired of sowing, Paul said if we remain faithful, we will reap if we, don't, if we do not give up. But yet we can count on a successful harvest of souls if we sow generously and never give up. As the farmer begins, he gathers the seed he has saved from the prior crop or seed he has purchased from a neighboring farmer to plant. See, for the farmer to ensure a healthy crop, he makes sure he sows good seed. See, as sowers, we know the word of God is good seed. See, any doctrine other than the truth of the gospel would be bad seed. And then we're going to go to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 3 and 4. And it says, If any man teach otherwise and consent not to the wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness. Verse 4, He is proud knowing nothing, but dotting about questions and strifes of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil, summersings. See, if we are faithful to preach the truth from God's word, it is always good seed. If the seed does not flourish, it does not mean that it is bad seed. It may well be the condition of the hearer's heart. All we can do is plant the good seed and pray that the hearts of those who receive it will be soft and fertile ground, a perfect condition for the seed to grow. You see, growth of the seed depends upon the type of soil that it falls upon. 
So the farmer sows the seed far and wide. He is not stingy with the application and hopes the ground will soak up the seed, nurture its contents, and produce a healthy harvest. You see, the seed that failed to grow landed on a ground that was not conductive to the healthy growth. Some landed on hard packaged, some landed on hard packed ground where people walked and the birds came and gobbled it up. Some fell on rocky ground where the soil was shallow. Some fell amongst the weeds and plants with thorns that choked out the good seed. It is essential for the good earth to have plenty of seed to bring forth a harvest. That is why the sower is generous with the seeds. He sows far and wide because he knows the seed that grows will be the seed that falls on good soil. We must share God's word with everyone that we can, being generous as we spread the gospel. See, some of the seeds we generously sow will fall upon rich, soft, moist soil ready for the word. See, those are hungry souls which we long to plant the wonderful truth of the gospel. See, those seeds have their greatest potential to flourish and grow, bringing a harvest and more seeds to be sown later on. See, it is apparent that we should, that we should desire our hearts to be conditioned not only to hear the word of God, but also to soak it up and obey the principles taught from its truth. Soil that has been conditioned is soil that has been tilled, fertilized, and rid of stones that hinder growth. See, we are responsible for the condition of our hearts. We're going to go ahead and go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1 through 2. And it says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. See, unforgiveness is another stumbling stone that hinders growth in our hearts. Holding on to anything that would cause problems absorbing the truth of God's word is not wise. You see, we must have a forgiving heart to understand that God's forgiveness for us. See, just as there, there are different types of soil to receive seed, there are different conditions of the heart to receive the seed of the gospel. Unfortunately, the wayside ground, the stony ground, and the thorny ground are not conductive for growth. Each person has the opportunity to hear the word, also has a choice of how to receive it. See, the response is in a direct relation to the condition of the heart. See, Jesus closed his lesson with a plea to hear what he was saying. It was more than letting the sound waves enter their physical ear, but it was perceived that what he said and applying it to one's personal life. You see, some listened, but they did not hear. Their ears heard words, but their minds did not receive the message. Hearing the word with a closed mind is like a hard soul that is packed down to the seed cannot penetrate and harden earth. See, a closed mind and the result of a hardened heart, these people hear the word, but it, but it falls on a closed mind and doesn't have time to penetrate before the enemy swoops in like a bird and plucks it from their hearts. See, we would do well to pray for our minds and hearts to be receptive for God's word. The stony ground received the seed and it quickly sprouted, but because the earth was shallow, that seed only lasted a short time. You see, these people hear the word joyfully, but do not give it time to develop deep roots. See, on the surface, it appears that they embrace truth, but as time reveals, the roots were not deep enough to produce a healthy plant. See, we may see people come to church time and time again, falling on their knees with repentant hearts, but yet all seems well. But when they get back out in the world with their old friends and influences, they go right back to their old life. See, seasoned believers would do well to be a brother or sister to those believers and help them put down spiritual roots. You see, the thorny ground is a heart that allows the cares of this world to choke out the world. Examples include unhealthy habits that bind us to addictions or toxic relationships that trap us. 
However, some things that are not bad can choke out the word. Daily life can become so worrisome that we lose our way. See, the false appeal of wealth leaves us empty and disappointed. See, the uncontrolled addiction of wanting more and more earthly things is a snare that traps us. We may find ourselves thinking about about acquiring material things that will one day vanish and valuing spiritual things that transcend for eternity. See, lay not up yourselves, treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. That was Matthew 6, verse 19 through 21. You see, you may have you may have heard of the saying that too much of a good thing. See, this means this saying means that the quality of something is relative to its quantity. We can fill our lives with too much stuff and find out that we don't have time for God. See, all of our activities, our plans, our relationships, and other life's blessings will be enhanced if we make God and His Word our priority. See, all else will fall into place exactly as God has planned it for our lives. We must prepare our hearts for the word. We want the ground to be softened and ready for the word to be planted and bear fruit. See, we're not only listening to the word, but we must apply it to our lives. James 1 and 22, and it says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only. Deceive your own selves. See, how do we prepare our hearts to become doers of the word? You see, we break up the fallow ground so that it is soft and absorbent and makes a personal commitment to respond to the word with a healthy, faithful heart. You see, as the word penetrates our mind, we propose to obey what God is implementing into our hearts. This is the purpose of the good soil Jesus was teaching about through the parable of the sower. See, we we hear the word and embrace it to such an extent that we cannot help but share it with others, thus bearing fruit. We should evaluate the condition of our hearts frequently. When we pray that God finds our hearts soft and pliable, it is like we are plowing and fertilizing the ground. When we hear God's word, if our hearts are ready, we will obey. It is up to us to make sure our hearts are ready to receive his word. See, at the conclusion of the parable of the sower, Jesus made a statement that seems to be a prophetic word. See, he knew some of his hearers would not be doers. They would not apply what they heard to their hearts, but yet that is why he said, and it says in Mark 4 and 9, it says, and he said to them, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. It was as if he were pleading with them to do more than just listen. See, to receive every word and pull it to their own minds. The destiny of the seed is bearing fruit for others to see. We should make it our mission to say, are we here and faithfully obey the word of God today? I'm almost finished here today. I'm going to go ahead and read this to you here in closing. See, it's Patrick's first time to visit church. His mind was racing. See, at the conclusion of the message, he looked down at the tattoo on his arm and thought, I can't give up everything for this perfect bleached life. See, he quickly raced out the door. He just wasn't ready to strap down his life with all the Bible stuff. See, Jaden, she noticed that Patrick was on the back row. See, he was there after weeks of Bible study. After the sermon that morning, Jaden headed back to the, to see what Patrick to Patrick's area to see what he was doing to greet him. When she got there, he was gone. She rushed out to the lobby to see if she could catch him on his way out. She reached the front door just in time to see Patrick zooming away on his motorcycle. See, Patrick had heard the word of God on numerous occasions, but never had opened his heart to the truth. It wasn't an old ancient religion. You see, it was the chance at a new life in Christ. But Patrick hardened his heart. 
resisting the truth to be planted. He, he was having the time of his life by partying and drinking. You see, religion just was not for him. Of course, Jaden was not easily discouraged. She purposed in her heart to keep connected with and pray for Patrick, believing in time that he would open his heart to a better life of Christ. See, Andrew left the service with so many things on his mind. He could hardly focus. He drove home with his family, unaware of the rowdy children in the back seat or his wife chattering about the service. See, his thoughts were a million miles away. He had questions and needed to find a place to get alone with God and to process the words that he had just heard from the pastor. See, Andrew's wife stopped talking as she looked over at her husband and noticed that he had tears running down his cheeks. She asked what was wrong. See, he told her nothing was wrong. Everything was right. He knew God was talking to him, and he wanted to take some time to process the message. See, Caroline was, moving by, was moved by the message that morning. She processed it differently than Andrew, but the impact was, was as intense as it was for her husband. She was chattering about the details when she looked over to see Andrew weeping while driving home. She asked if something was wrong. She knew after his answer that he had felt it too. See, the longing to do more with the beautiful truth that God had revealed to them. See, think of each of these scenarios that I just read here today to you, right? And how they illustrate the condition of our hearts. See, when we hear the word and it penetrates our hearts, we are called to action. Just as Noah rose up and built an ark to save his family from the flood, so we feel the urgency to respond to the commands in God's word. So we discover the joy of walking in fellowship with the word. As we find our sure footing rooted in his truth, we long to share truth with those that we come in contact with so they can be saved also. Guys, I know this was a lot today, you know, in regards to, you know, sowing and rooting ourselves into the word of God. You know, the thing is, is, is I want to encourage you guys. I want to encourage you guys this week that if, if you've been praying for someone, if you've been reaching out to someone, don't give up. Don't give up. Text them one more time. Call them one more time. Pray for them one more time. And and if you yourself may be hearing these words today that I spoke here today and that I read, and, and, and I want you to be encouraged to know that, you know what? God is still here for you. You haven't done too much to where he won't take you back. You haven't done too much where you can start you know, rooting yourself into the word of God again, start over again, have a new beginning because God has never left you. He's still there for you. And all I ask is encourage you guys this week, just to stay focused on God, root yourself into the word of God and to continue to sow your seed on good ground and sow your seed on good ground. All right, guys. Hey, I love you. As always, we'll see you next week, next Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. here at the Let's Talk podcast. Have a great week, guys. Bye-bye.